Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. With the world currently experiencing a variety of economic problems, I thought it would be interesting to look at the worst economic crisis in modern history. What was the Great Depression? What caused it, and how did it end? Let's discuss these questions and more on today's episode of Thinking in English. You can find the full written transcript for free of this episode on the Thinking in English blog. Leave a like, follow, rating, review wherever you are listening right now, and check out my Instagram page, Thinking in English Podcast. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Recession. Recession. A period when the economy of a country is not successful and conditions for business are bad for months. For example, much of the world fell into recession after the stock market crash in 2007. Depression. Depression. A depression is a serious economic crisis in which there is very little business activity and little employment for years. For instance, the world plunged into depression in the 1930s. Downturn. Downturn. A reduction in the amount or success of something, such as the economy. As in, there is evidence of a downturn in the housing market. Recklessly. Recklessly. If you do something recklessly, you do it in a way that is dangerous and shows that you are not thinking about the risks and results of your behaviour. For example, she spends her money recklessly. Production. Production. Making or growing goods to be sold. For instance, wheat production has fallen over the past six months. To trade. To trade. Buying and selling shares on the stock exchange. As in, the volume of stocks traded today was unusually high. Makeshift. Makeshift. Temporary or of low quality, but used because of a sudden need. As in, thousands of refugees are living in makeshift camps. To stimulate. To stimulate. To encourage something to grow, develop or become active. For example, the government plans to cut taxes to stimulate the economy. To devalue. To devalue. To reduce the rate at which money can be exchanged for foreign money. As in, the British pound was devalued and it caused a major economic crisis. Right now, 
the world is facing a number of different economic problems. Prices are rising much faster than salaries, stock prices are low, and there are shortages of goods. In fact, quite a few economists are now predicting that we may be facing a global recession in the near future. I'm not an economist, and it is famously difficult, maybe even impossible, to predict the future of the economy. Unpredictable things can happen every day. But what we can do is look at the past. Looking at economic problems and crises from the past can teach us a lot. And what better place to start with than the Great Depression of the 1930s? Just under a hundred years ago, the worst economic crisis in the history of the industrialized world was about to start. The Great Depression was an economic downturn, lasting from 1929 until about 1940, and while it started in the USA, the impact was felt across the world. Starting as a stock market crash in October 1929, the Great Depression resulted in mass unemployment, industries shutting down, and people stop stopping spending their money. It is still the worst economic crisis in modern financial history. In 1933, 15 million Americans were unemployed, and around half of all US banks had collapsed or failed. So today, I want to look at the history of the Great Depression. I'll try to discuss some of the causes of the crisis, the consequences, and the end of the crisis. Now, you probably won't be shocked to hear that there is no one clear cause of the Great Depression. Considering it was the worst economic crisis in history, it's not surprising that there are a a series of complex reasons for why it happened. Overall, there are generally considered to be four major factors behind the Depression a stock market crash in 1929, banking panics in the 1930s, the gold standard, and government policies. The 1920s in America are often described as the Roaring Twenties. The economy was growing fast, people were getting richer, and some of the most influential art, music, and culture was developed at that time. A side effect of the Roaring Twenties was that more people had more money. Between 1920 and 1929, the USA's total wealth more than doubled. And with this money, millions of Americans began to invest in the stock market. The stock market in question here was the New York Stock Exchange on Wall Street. In the 1920s, millions of Americans invested recklessly, and not just rich businessmen. Working-class Americans like cooks and janitors also invested their entire life savings in the stock market. The market expanded with all of this extra money from regular Americans and reached its peak in August 1929. However, While stock prices were increasing, 
the US economy had other problems. Unemployment was higher than usual, and the country's industrial production was slowing down. Wages were low, personal debt was increasing, American banks had far too many large loans, and environmental problems had badly hurt the agricultural sector. In short, stock prices were overvalued, meaning that they were too high, and it was clear future earnings would not be able to cover the current price. On the 24th of October 1929, after months of nervousness, investors began to panic and sell their shares in large numbers. That day became known as Black Thursday, and a record number of shares were sold, 12.9 million in one day. However, five days later, the panic returned, and over 16 million shares were traded on Black Tuesday. Eventually, the value of the stock market would fall around 90% compared to the price in August 1929. Shares became worthless, and people who borrowed money or used high-risk investment strategies lost everything. Outside of the stock market, people stopped spending money freely, and there was a lack of new investments. The Wall Street crash had destroyed people's confidence. Business and factories had to slow down production or stop entirely and fire their employees. Wages fell and money became less valuable. In the 1930s, most of the world still used something described as the gold standard to determine their value of their currencies. In simple terms, the value of money was based off the value of gold. As depression in the US affected the price of gold, this meant that the crisis spread around the entire globe. In 1930, banking panics also started. A banking panic, or bank run, is where many clients of banks attempt to take all of their money out of the bank at the same time. Usually, this is because the customers lose confidence in the bank and believe that their bank may soon fail and take their money. Now, this is a problem for banks when everyone tries to take money out because they generally use client savings to provide loans or for other financial activities. And it meant that thousands of US banks had to find ways to get more cash. So this meant calling in their loans. The, they had given people money and now they wanted it back so that they could give it to the people, to their other clients. By 1933, in total, four different bank runs had occurred and around half of all US banks had been forced out of business. With less banks and less money in the existing banks, it meant there was now less money for loans in the USA. It was harder to buy anything expensive or invest anything. In 1930, the government, which was led by President Hoover, tried to introduce policies to fix the economic crisis. The most famous was the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act, 
But this has actually been described as one of the major causes of the crisis. It made the depression even worse. The law was basically a massive tariff, imposing large taxes on hundreds of foreign goods. The result was that between 1929 and 1934, international trade fell by 66% around the whole world, contributing to the worsening economy. In summary, a combination of the 1929 Wall Street crash, banking crises, the global gold standard and government policies caused the only depression in modern history. But what was life actually like in the Great Depression? Well, life in Depression-era America was difficult. Millions of Americans lost their jobs, people were evicted from their homes, and for those lucky enough to keep their job, wages fell. In cities across America, people were made homeless and forced to sleep on the streets. Shanty towns a type of settlement consisting of makeshift homes, sprung up across the country. These became known as Hoovervilles, named after President Hoover. Soup kitchens offering free food became an essential part of life for millions of people. Charities and local governments gave out bread and food, and it was common to see lines of people waiting for their daily food. In the countryside, many farmers lost their farms as agriculture prices collapsed completely. And at the same time as the Great Depression, a major drought hit Midwestern states in the 1930s, destroying crops and entire farms and forcing even more farmers out of work. Previously fertile land became the dust bowl and thousands of unemployed farmers moved to California in search for work. The impact of the Great Depression was also felt around the world. Pretty much every industrialized country experienced declines in production and severe economic consequences. Western Europe and the UK were particularly badly affected. France, Germany and Britain all fell into depression as well, and Germany's economic problems were one of the contributing factors behind the rise of the Nazi party. Well, how did the Great Depression end? In 1932, President Hoover, who was known as the do-nothing president, was replaced by Franklin D. Roosevelt, one of the most famous presidents in US history. And these two presidents had very different approaches to economic policymaking. With 15 million unemployed Americans, Roosevelt won the election with the promise to use government programs to end the Depression, which is something that Hoover was always, uh, always reluctant to do. Roosevelt's economic policies were loosely based on the work of the economist Maynard Keynes, who believed that the government should be actively involved in stimulating and regulating the economy. In his first three months as president, Roosevelt signed the incredibly famous New Deal, changing American government forever by creating over 40 new departments and agencies. The role of the government was expanded, 
to now help job creation, allow unions, and assist the unemployed. Leaving the gold standard for currencies was also a source of recovery. Britain, for example, abandoned the gold standard and made their currency less valuable in 1931, which helped them recover much faster than the US, who didn't devalue their currency until 1933. Countries like France and Belgium kept their reliance on gold for currency value and therefore struggled to recover at all. World War II also helped the US economy to recover. Although the US economy was already improving, defence spending in the war added billions of dollars and, most importantly, vastly reduced unemployment. Those millions of unemployed Americans were now employed in the army instead of struggling to find jobs. So could this happen again? Although the world has faced many economic crises and recessions since the Great Depression, it is still the only depression in modern history. Could we experience another one? Well, most economists suggest it's pretty unlikely, at least in that that kind of crisis. Banks and governments around the world have learned a lot of lessons from the past. There are better protections against complete economic collapse and better understandings of how to recover. The recession that began in 2007 was very serious, but it had nowhere near the same impact as the Great Depression. The Great Depression was a result of a combination of different factors. Weak government policies, tariffs, stock market crashes, environmental problems, the gold standard and more. If any one of these factors were different, the Great Depression may not have happened. And this is why it's probably unlikely it could happen again. So here is today's final thought. This episode of Thinking in English has looked at the history of the Great Depression, the worst economic crisis in modern economic history. The impact was felt around the world, trade collapsed, and millions of people lost their jobs and savings. While economists and historians still debate whether Roosevelt's New Deal was the right policy, many of the New Deal's reforms are still present in America today. Things like social security, unemployment insurance, and agricultural subsidies. The belief that government should act in times of economic crisis is also widely accepted now. In fact, you might still, still hear reference to the New Deal in today's news. A number of American politicians have been trying to introduce a Green New Deal, a number of major economic policy changes designed to make the US more environmentally friendly. What do you think is the best way to recover from an economic crisis? What is the worst economic crisis in your country's history? And have you ever experienced any of these economic crises? If you have, let, let us know in the comments on the blog, the comments on Spotify, or send me a message on Instagram. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram as well. We've just hit 5,000 followers, but let's try and get to 10,000. That's my next goal. Uh, leave a like, a rating, a review, a follow, wherever you are listening right now. We're at 1.2 uh, 1, 1. so 1,200 ratings on Spotify. My, my rating is now 4.9. Please give me five stars. I want to be a five-star rated podcast. Um, and you can donate to Thinking in English. There's links in the description of the podcast and over on the blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Um, and if you've got any recommendations, advice, uh, suggestions for the podcast, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And I think that's everything. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little different, more of a history episode. If you like this, I can do more in the future. I love talking about history. Um, so yeah, I hope you have a good week, a good day, and I'll see you next time.